0: back to another episode of the Hoodat Jedi oh, podcast. Oh, my dog. oh, that's all right. Hey, we the, the, we like we like good dogs. It's all good. So, um, we are back. This is the winter solstice edition of the Hoodat Jedi podcast. Um, the conjunction
1: the conjunction junction episode.
0: Yeah, the conjunction junction. We need okay, we need that music in here. Conjunction junction, what's your true, function? True. You know, we actually went out. We could actually see it in our neighborhood. Um after the podcast might try to, except every time I tried to take a picture of it, apparently I had the shakes because it just turned into a big squiggle. So yeah, yeah, it didn't really work all that well. Um, but yeah, no, the winter solstice is here. Winter is here. And I'm glad I live in New Orleans in the winter because when I lived in Nebraska, it wasn't quite so nice anyway. Um, but you heard the, the guest, um, and his dogs, uh, joining us um a special guest first of all um well we'll just i'll just go with him right now it's ryan clark he was on one of our original episodes back when we talked about how jawas were dicks uh <laughs> you more. can edit that one out too but um and we all learned what the name for egg is in uh jawa suka, suka. but um but oh no, ryan clark thanks for joining us ryan uh, thanks
2: for having me, guys. I'm excited to talk about uh, what could possibly be one of the greatest things in the history of Star Wars.
0: So, well, well, Way to set the bar high. All right, cool. <laughs> and, uh, no pressure. As always, I am Aaron, and with me is Fredo and Dave. Hi, guys.
1: Hello.
0: And uh, so the, the holidays are coming. Um, Dave, is your eggnog loaded that you're drinking right now? Because you're the only one here with kids.
3: I, I told my wife last night when we were lying in bed we have two more weeks of this <laughs> the kids just they're crawling up the walls already so oh you, uh, you
0: yeah you had on uh quarantine with uh normal christmas like hyperness, yeah yeah so how's, so do you need beer or do you need us to drop off uh, any supplies <laughs>
3: we loaded up on bourbon you know that's what's in my eggnog I'm, I'm i'm feeling all right
0: so and fredo you're driving the folks to texas right
1: yeah that's the plan not till wednesday though so uh, we've been uh tested distance everybody's kind of minding their p's and q's and so wednesday morning i'll try to brave the uh the wilds of the i-10 westbound so we'll see we'll see how far along we make it
0: well so tonight everybody is we're, we're going to be talking about the final episode of this season of the mandalorian um and uh we'll, we'll be geeking out over that arguing over some things ryan says it's the best thing ever so uh we'll see if we can uh challenge him on that or if he can convince us otherwise or whatever but as always we need to start with some trivia though ryan i don't know if you remember did we do trivia when you were here on the last one
2: I don't think so. I think trivia was a, uh, it developed after that point.
0: Yeah. We, I don't want to go back and listen to the original episodes of this podcast. We've, we've gotten a little bit better. Um, uh, but yes, we have trivia here at the, uh, Star Wars, uh, saga edition. So this is episodes one through six. Um, and, uh, so there's, there's no sequel trilogy. <laughs> keep, the, keep the comments to yourselves, everybody. Um, but, um, However, I will argue that well one of the things I want us to explore want us want us to explore in case I forget is do you think what happened in the Mandalorian will make people who were upset about the last Jedi feel a little bit better and you don't have mm-hmm. to answer that right now just let that marinate in there but we got we gotta do some trivia here so uh, uh Fredo I'm gonna go with you first and who serves as the Trade Federation Viceroy during the Siege of Naboo? I think you've gotten this one before.
1: I may have been. Yeah, I think I may have gotten this one before. But just to be on the same side, and after last week, I'll just go
0: Newt Gunray. Newt Gunray. Yeah, you got a bad one last week. Like, what was it? It was.
1: <laughs> it was. uh what's the name of the uh, of the uh, imperial officer that tells Moff uh, Grand Moff Tarkin that uh, the, the Death Star has? Uh, oh yeah. Into the Yavin system, or something like that, or the Alderaan system.
0: So, all right. Well, we'll we'll stick with Ryan here. Um, Who's the first Ewok nearly blasted by a laser bolt? Oh, that is tough. Holy. Um, Oh, oh no! Now that I thought about it, I got it. But anyway, I'm sorry.
2: Is it? uh, I'm going to go with uh, uh, Chief Chirpa.
0: Man, you went deep into the the Star Wars figures there, but it's actually Wicket.
2: Ah. I knew it was gonna be either Wicked, Chief Turper, or
0: Low Gray. Because he the first Ewok we see is Wicket and he's, you know, it's talking true. with Princess Leia and then a oh, biker true. Scout oh, yeah, yeah. pops up. Yeah,
2: now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All
0: right. Oh. Dave, your turn. Whose body disappears as it's struck by Darth Vader's lightsaber?
3: <laughs> Do you mean Old Ben
0: Kenobi? No, I'm sorry. It's Obi-Wan Kenobi. You got oh, it wrong. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Answers must be exact.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah you're being like the trivia jockey now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. Obviously, it's Han Solo. well
0: wow, that was that was the opposite of the Admiral Mahdi question there. Okay. <laughs>
2: All
0: right. Well, mine. The first one I see. Who does Han refer to as Greedo's boss? Boss, no, I'm sorry, Job of the Hut. Yep. Yep, Job of the Hut. I was going to say Boss Nass just for fun. All right, there we go. We got our brains wrapped around. We didn't need to warm up our brains for Star Wars because after this episode of The Mandalorian, it's like everybody's heads kind of exploded. Um, so yeah. uh, everybody's been talking and thinking about it. Actually, I've seen on Twitter, like, Star Wars has been trending like every single day. Today it was people are ranking their favorite movies and. Um, What, Last Jedi? Well, all the sequel movies, it's their anniversaries, you know, this week pretty much. So, Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so, but we've got a couple bits of news and some other bits of news we're going to sprinkle through our discussion of The Mandalorian because they relate. So, uh, Fredo, let's toss it to you.
1: Okay, so the first bit of news, and we'll start with the sad news, obviously, uh, uh, on just a few days ago, four days ago, December 17th, it was announced that Jeremy Bullock, the actor who ori- originally portrayed Boba Fett passed away. Uh, he passed away at the age of 75 from health complications, uh, including years of living with Parkinson's disease. So um, I believe it was about two, three years ago when he made the announcement that he was gonna stop doing the convention circuit because of his health. And so apparently um, it finally caught up you know, with him, his health, and passed away uh, in the UK. So just kind of right quick, just kind of give you a heads up on kind of what he did. He was mostly primarily based in the UK with most of his productions. He starts his career in around 1958, has over 100 credits in film, TV, and stage. Uh, he was He's done everything from Doctor Who. Uh, he obviously did episodes five and six. I didn't realize he was also in episode three. Uh, he played a character called Captain Colton.
0: Yeah, he was... Uh... Oh the oh which starship commander uh, was it um uh, was it at the end but yeah he's been. he's one of, he's one of the pilots yeah
1: okay and uh he also had acted in three consecutive james bond movies back in the late 70s early 80s uh, so you know it's also me four years only, like uh-huh.
0: sorry to interrupt you but you know he's also he's not just boba fett in empire strikes back you know or the other mm-hmm. jeremy bullock uh Sighting is
1: in that movie. Was he one of the uh bounty hunters?
0: No, he is the imperial officer that uh like grabs Leia as <laughs> they're as they're escorting Leia and Chewie. And when Lobot that's and his right. gang comes, you know, bursting out, he's he's the imperial officer. So right, um,
1: that's right, that's right. Yeah.
0: Anyway, keep on. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you.
1: No, no, no. So I'm just saying. Obviously, he acted in a few uh, James Bond movies. Uh, he was still acting all through the twenty the two thousands he was in a British T V show called MI Five and a few other things. Uh, obviously like I said, he would become big in conventions, like anytime you had a you know, celebration or any of the major um, geek Star Wars conventions, he would be present. Uh, but obviously as his health kinda of took a uh, decline, he stopped doing that. Uh, his wife, he's got a wife who leaves behind, three sons and ten grandkids. So uh godspeed jeremy bullock and thank you for being the original (laughs) guy everybody wants to be you know i
0: i uh met him at celebration two in indianapolis um right before episode two came out and he um signed a boba fett figure for me and so he wrote to aaron stay cool jeremy bullock boba fett and so you know it's. Only only a few minutes, but you know he was really cool. And all of my five hundred first friends that, you know, have been talking about this, who have had, who've spent more time with him, say he's just he was the nicest guy that you'll ever meet. I don't know, Ryan. Did you ever have any interaction with him at all?
2: I have not. Jeremy uh, was one of the folks I have not. I did not get the chance to meet. But everything I've heard about him, especially too like, especially through uh, Alvin uh, Alvin Johnson with the five hundred first, that he's one of. The, nicest gentleman you could ever hope to meet he's just gracious and just a loving guy like just one of those guys that was just you know he kind of tripped into being boba fett and he was just amazed so <laughs> amazed at how the key community you know worshipped about one of, three minutes worth of screen time in two films
0: one of the one of the 500 first guys uh here in new orleans i i saw his post about this that um um uh, he was it was at celebration in Anaheim. I think I can't remember what it was, but anyway, so hotel bar and he saw Jeremy Bullock sitting there and he just went over and just said, Hey, I just want to thank you for your work. Just want to say hi. You know, I leave you in peace like that. And Jeremy's like, sit down have a drink with us. It was Jeremy and his wife. And they he sat there for like a half hour, you know, or longer, you know, just having a conversation with this guy. So, right. Um, right. Yeah. Awesome. All the, That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, so that's yeah, sad.
1: Yeah, no, so it's 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 kinda unfortunate and, and somewhat poetic that uh he passes right at the time when his character is arguably in his biggest scene as it's seen in almost a, in a generation. And some uh,
0: and somebody put Mark Hamill in a bubble and take away Harrison Ford's pilot license.
1: Uh, <laughs> I gotta keep lying, kid. And don't let Anthony Daniels out of his uh, mansion. Right. <laughs> So we'll move on to uh, happier uh, news. Um, It was interesting because everybody remembers about a week or so ago the big Disney Investors 2020 call where everything got announced. We discussed it last week. Uh, But one of the things that was presented to the investors that did not get shown to the public was kind of a teaser trailer of Obi-Wan Kenobi, the new series. And mostly involves discussions, you know, uh, they had uh, Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor and Deborah Chad discussing the series and showing a bit of concept art. And anyway, uh, StarWarsNews.net got the leak of what it was that it was shown. So I'll kind of describe it right quick. Uh, first of all, they say, it's clear that Hayden is playing more than a cameo in the series. And his presence as Vader is going to be integral to the plot. So it goes, uh, Hayden says, it was such an incredible journey playing Anakin. Of course, Anakin and Obi-Wan worked on the greatest of terms when we last saw them. So it'll be interesting to see what an amazing director like Deborah Chow has in store for us all. I'm excited to work with Ewan again, and it feels good to be back. And so here's what they saw. Ewan, Ewan McGregor starts by saying, there's a hunger for this character to come back. The fans have been waiting long enough. Deborah Chow adds, there's quite a dark time that we're coming into with him. Just being a Jedi, it's not safe. There's Jedi hunters out there. So then they show concept art of an undo Jedi defending a tree of younglings from Darth Vader as Vader's marching on the Jedi temple. So kind of a flashback scene to the purge at the temple that we saw in Revenge of the Sith. So,
0: so is, this, is this unknown Jedi, the one that's going to uh, whisk Grogu away from the temple? Sorry. Anyway, keep on maybe,
1: going. Maybe. <laughs> uh, then he goes, uh, Ewan McGregor goes, um, You know, he has this one task left, which is to keep Luke safe. So more concept art reveals a stingray-like creature floating above slave workers toiling away in the barren landscape of Tatooine. We start on Tatooine, says you McGregor, and we go on a rollicking adventure. McGregor said this as the image changed to a glimpse at a watery planet where soldiers are firing upon a many-armed sea creature. So we are leaving Tatooine, apparently. And and it'll give Aaron the
0: floor. no I just I'll have to take my meds but you know <laughs> what what Colesby said last week though when uh, I'm coming to term more terms with this because he said that one line that that Vader says in a new hope does give them an out when he says you shouldn't have come back mm-hmm. he says that you know in the in the obi-1 Vader duel he said you should not have come back and so it's like okay you know still that I mean obi-wan's got some atonement to do because you had one job you know keep an eye on this kid and you don't but anyway we'll we'll see what happens i'm not it's i'm not going to boycott the show so
1: right so then uh uh, deborah chow says we couldn't tell the story of obi-wan kenobi without addressing anakin or vader and now she says this over an image of darth vader in his armor seated on a throne communicating with with a hologram The most beautiful thing of all is that it's brought me back together with Hayden, says Ewan McGregor. It'll be amazing to bring those characters back together again, very unexpectedly. Deborah Chow continues, saying, the audience will definitely see Obi-Wan and Darth Vader get into it again. And the concept art confirms a a blue blade of a hooded Obi-Wan clashing with the red blade of Darth Vader. Having another swing at each other might be quite satisfying for everybody, McGregor said. We hope that you enjoy it as much as we're going to enjoy making it you know they'll and actually
0: they'll actually probably be able to like get a little bit of that you you guys saw that recut that reimagined vader yeah. obi-wan duel. yeah, yeah they might yeah. actually be able to shoehorn that in so that you know yeah when you then when you watch a new hope you don't you know you don't feel so bad but
1: and i forget what i was reading but i was reading some other uh editorials about Obi-Wan and kind of you know some of the things that we kind of still don't know like at some point and I would love for them to bring back Joel Edgerton back as Uncle Owen because we need still need to have a resolution as to why is it that Uncle Owen has no desire for Luke to go with Obi-Wan that's one thing you know it's like it's kind of left like oh he doesn't want to see the kid he's raised go off and fight and die for Obi-Wan but at the same time they know each other so what's going on that uh between them that that's changed from when he brings baby Luke. But the other thing, it's kind of like, uh, where did the whole idea of Ben Kenobi come from?
0: Well, in the Clone Wars, he uses the name Ben when he's right. like undercover. Um, you know, the thing about, you talk about Uncle Owen, that's an interesting uh, interesting thing is that you could very well see a conversation with, you know, um, between, obi-wan and uncle owen and saying yeah anakin has turned totally evil and he's and that's why because uncle owen knows more than the rest of us do in episode mm-hmm. four you're right so that's interesting
1: yeah and how does he gain that knowledge How does, how is he aware of everything that's going on uh to get to a point where he goes i don't want luke to go with him even though that was the plan yeah so uh anyway uh that's it in terms of news if you want to get into the Mandalorian i'll pepper in the other stuff as we go along
0: well i'm excited about the obi-wan stuff so me
1: too me too again it's it's interesting that there's a lot of stuff that we kind of sort of just presume but we don't know have a definite answer of, and this could give that to us
0: i just right. hope
2: they're Guardedly not optimistic. Guardedly optimistic about it
0: i just hope they're not all 25 minute episodes <laughs> you know 25 that, I mean...
2: 10 14 minutes
0: you know, I mean that's that's one of the things you can you know with the Mandalorian. It's like you can if it's going to be multiple multiple seasons, so it's like we can have a you know thirty minute episode every now and again. But if you're, it's going to be one mini series of Obi wan and if you just give us you know uber short episodes, it's I don't know. I, I won't say the the phrase that I want to use, but it's you know. um yeah, I just won't use the phrase because uh, Dave Dave would have to edit it out. So you you just you just be uh, left disappointed. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but anyway, um, yeah. So I mean, if and anybody else have anything they want to speculate about the Obi Wan stuff, um, I
2: like, I'm happy. I would be completely happy if they put Hayden back in as Darth Vader and he never saw Obi Wan uh, because I to to the point. I'm one of those purists where I think if you put obi-wan if you put vader in the obi-wan miniseries and they fight each other or they have some sort of conflict then it lessens the battle at the end of or in the middle of uh new hope where the weight of that you know that battle after 20 years the last time obi-wan saw anakin was when he was burning on mustafar you know and now now they might and that's that's the i you know i want to be hopeful uh because I do want to see more Vader, but I don't want it to lessen the canon of episode four, if that makes sense, you know? Or the impact, the impact of Obi-Wan and Vader facing off in the Death Star.
0: Yeah, I mean, it might actually take it back to what the original meaning behind that scene was, and that was just to propel Luke. I mean, Obi-Wan sacrificed himself to... Make Luke force Luke to make a decision. Basically, you know, right. it wasn't the you know the battle was okay. They know each other, but it wasn't about
1: themselves. Any, anything.
0: It wasn't anything about anything mm-hmm. other than just Obi Wan's sacrificing himself, you know, for the cause. So um, it's since then, you know, and all the uh, everything else that's has gone on there's become. You're right. There's more emotional baggage to it. That's why, um, you know, the thing because we see them, you know, duel it out in episode three, it makes that duel in episode four just look weak sauce. And that's oh, yeah. and that's what we're going to talk about here in The Mandalorian is that, you know, people were really upset. a uh, Spoiler alert. So if you don't want to know what happened in the last, uh, at, the, at the end of the last uh, episode of The Mandalorian, turn off now. But anyway, that's what people were upset about with, you know, luke skywalker is that we see him at the end of return of the jedi and then the next thing we see is this you know washed up old man who doesn't want anything to do with the force and it really messed with their head cannon so what they got in this last episode was everything they'd been dreaming about it's like boba fett we never saw boba fett do anything except shoot his gun twice or maybe four times and die in the sarlacc pit and everybody had their action
2: He did do the wrist rocket with the uh the rope fair enough
0: fair enough you know but uh but you know but the rest of it is all the stories we made up in our head with our action figures and we made him out into this big character and you know all the eu books and everything made luke skywalker you know it fleshed out him being this powerful jedi but we never got to see that on screen and so people were upset at last jedi when he wasn't that luke even though Last Jedi, that was the more interesting story for Luke. Now that we get to see him in his butt kicking, a whopping and a whooping, you know, you know, he was all the bit of a Jedi as, as anybody we've ever seen. I wonder if they'll feel a little bit better, you know, about how he was portrayed because now you see the actual arc of Luke Skywalker and we don't have to talk about that right now. I just I just had to throw that out there.
1: I think
2: that's a really good point. That's something I want to address as well. It's a really good point. So we have a about whole that. bullet
0: point to Luke Skywalker. But first, I'm, and I'm going to do the Cliffs Notes version of the Cliffs Notes version of the recap. Um, we're going to go rescue. Uh, the, this, the episode is uh, The Rescue, and it was directed by just lost the guy's name, but the Ant Man director, Baton uh, Reed. Baton Reed, yep. Um, and. Uh,
1: who directed a Frog Lady's episode too? Yep,
0: did Frog Lady. Yep, The Passenger. Uh, but anyway, so they need to go rescue uh, Baby Yoda, and they go to some planet, recruit Bo Katan and uh, Sasha Banks. What? You, well, first
1: they have to capture uh, Doctor Pershing.
0: Oh yeah, I'm sorry. We start off. We yeah, because we capture Doctor Pershing, and he. Gives up. <laughs> like, I mean, he he folds like a cheap suit. You know, I mean this that guy is the. I mean, he's not Empire. He's he's Camino, obviously, I. But, uh, but I we know got that
1: confirmation they, that he's a clone doctor.
0: He's a clone doctor, yeah. But he's. I mean. he he ain't Empire. But anyway, okay, so yeah, they get they get the information they need from him. And then they go get Bo-Katan and, and Sasha Banks, which, you know, nobody thought. Sasha Banks actually said, nope, that was my one and only episode. You guys don't see me anymore. So if anybody says they're not in the Mandalorian, don't fully believe them. Because everybody's <laughs> lying. Anyway, so they get to Moff Gideon's Star Cruiser. They break in. They split up. And um, uh, the, uh, the Mandalorian's... And, um, Ming-Na Wen, uh, Fennec Shan and, uh, Cara Dune, they take the bridge while Mando, um, uh, duels, uh, Moff Gideon while, uh, Boba Fett goes and gets a Slurpee somewhere off in hyperspace. Um, he's not anywhere in the picture. So anyway, um, they all end up on the bridge and the dark troopers are coming to get him Like I said, this is just a bad recap, everybody, but the, you know, the, dark troopers are coming to get him. very horror movie type scenario here. And then out of nowhere comes one X-Wing and it's the, the, you know, the, it, and it's not uh, either Dave Filoni or the other guy. Uh, <laughs> it, we, it's a convenience we, 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 uh, we, we see uh, a lone X-Wing. And then this person is this hooded figure walking through the hallway and then there's a lightsaber and he's, taken down um he or she is taken down um uh the death troopers dark troopers dark troopers and uh then all of a sudden we get from the security footage we go into full color and we see it's a green lightsaber and lo and behold coming in through the bridge is luke skywalker and baby yoda ends up saying goodbye to din and goes off with Luke Skywalker and R2D2, and we live happily ever after. Um, I mean, go watch the episode. I, just the recap is just to take us through the timeline a little bit. Um, but let's just real quick. Uh, obviously, there was a lot of stuff happening in this. In this, but initial thoughts, um, and just keep them brief. Don't don't dwell on too many things. But just initial thoughts. Did you dig the episode? Highlights, low lights, whatever. Fredo, we'll start with you.
1: Uh dug it, enjoyed it. Perfect ending to the season. Uh, I enjoyed it tremendously. I enjoyed the fact that they created tension regarding not just their plan to get on board Moff Gideon's ship, but also with the Dark Troopers. And you think that's relieved, and then no, it isn't. And then, but also the the big tension they create when uh, Gideon's not on the bridge, but he's Threatening Grogu, and then he has to. Uh, and uh, Din has to fight him and beats him. And you know, there's a moment there where he's trying to abdicate the Dark Saber to uh, Bo-Katan, and it's not happening.
0: Yeah, I skipped and, over you know, a major plot point, by the way. Yeah, I know.
1: Right? No, 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 no. But it's interesting because you know the that only the, that tension only gets cut by the fact that up oh, here comes the Dark Troopers again. So they're amping up and ramping up the tension, and then. I think I had the reaction everybody who loves Star Wars had the moment a single X-Wing came in and parked itself inside. And you saw a hooded figure and you're just like, they're not doing it, are they? They're not doing it, are they? And then green lights ever and mind lost. So it was awesome. Like I said, best way to finish the season. Dave.
3: Um, I, thought it was, I thought it was up and down. Um, I thought it was. there were good pieces of it that I really enjoyed a lot um i thought they were gonna go in certain directions that they didn't go um well i say taking my own expectations out of the picture wherein i thought oh you might it might have been better served going this direction um i just thought some of the execution wasn't as good as i would have hoped for um and kind of left me feeling um a little unhappy with things so um i Curious to see where it goes from here. Um, but we can get into a lot more of that as our show progresses.
0: Cool. Ryan?
2: Uh, I liked it the way, I loved it the way Jawas love Sukas. <laughs> I thought, um, I just, I bolt, I, I, you know, from the minute you see uh, the rescue, you know that every, um, every title of season has had a double meaning to it and as soon as you see the rescue you're like well what's going to be the twist you know where is obviously mando is rescuing grogu or the child as many people still like baby yoda um but where is the twist on that rescue who's going to rescue mando and his and his you know his cohorts and uh from start to finish i mean i i just sat down i was nine years old again and i put my brain on the shelf and watch it like i was watching a star Wars film from the summer of 1977, you know, it was just, it was, it was for, it, for me. It was it. It was, that was it. You know, I was like, I don't care. I know there's a lot of questions about it, but I don't care. I'm going to enjoy it. As soon as that X-wing pulled in, I was like, yeah, yeah, you can't be doing that. They can't be doing that. And then you see the green lightsaber. Then you see the gloved hand. Then you see the non gloved hand. And that was, I was just, that was, I loved it. Period. I so, loved it.
0: So, yeah, it was for us, you know, Brittany didn't have to work that day so we got to watch it at lunch which was really good because first thing in the morning everything i do after i get done with my run i sit down and i you know open up google news and there's a you know, i saw a headline that says mandalorian saves the biggest uh cameo for the last And i just closed my ipad and i'm like oh and i stayed <laughs> off twitter Facebook, i was today. i was off the grid for like you know six hours and i'm like i no, I'm not. And I, I almost, I, I think I I got spoiled but didn't because I got an email. I don't know why Twitter sends me this. Like, I'll get a random email from Twitter that says, Chris Evans tweeted. And I was like, I don't care what Chris Evans tweeted. Where did I sign up for these newsletters? But anyway, it said, um, Mark Hamill tweeted, way to go. You just spoiled the kernel I don't know what he was talking about but i just saw way to go mark hamill said way to go you just spoiled and i always wondered was luke going to be coming i didn't know anything but then i I, but my brain started kind of humming a little bit i was like no just put it away um but i was you know i was with you when that when the x-wing came in you know but and i and i did i enjoyed the episode um i will say having been an initial critic of the music or a skeptic of the music the music that he used in this episode was incredible and we'll, we'll talk about that here in a little bit um I, for tension I loved the use of security camera footage to also build the tension you know um just the, the sound design of this was just great um but um loved the fact that you got um uh well anyway so yeah you see the you see the x-wing come in and it was it was it was kind of like Brittany and i were both going are they really are they going here or is this is this what we think it is because i was even looking at squinting at the x-wing to see if i could see the red five you know markings on it and i i couldn't um but then yeah it was like holy crapola you know um and it was it was allowing yourself to be nine um I you know did
2: you, did you guys see Mark Hamill's tweet from Friday night.
0: Yeah. Anybody watch yeah, without, anything good on TV? Yeah,
2: anything <laughs> good on TV? <laughs>
0: um. So, but real quick, okay. So I, I w- I maybe was spoiled, or at least I spoiled, I spoiled myself. I don't know. <laughs> um, Dave, you said Kate uh caught wind yeah. of it.
3: Yeah. Yeah, she found out about um the cameo. We both get spoiled about the um, um, the, the post credit scene, so we both knew about that.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll talk about the post credit scene in a little bit. I did not. I yeah, didn't even mention that. Fredo, Fredo just uh, <laughs> sent me a text, and he said there is a post credit scene, so don't just turn off because that's what I would normally have done when we get the okay. We're at credits. All right, I'm out. I got to go back to work. No. So thank you, Fredo. Um, Ryan, were you, did you get any spoilers on that?
2: Uh, No, I, I had a feeling like, you know, from all the whispers that you hear on the internet prior to Friday, I knew something big was coming. So as soon as I woke up Friday morning, I did not open Facebook. I didn't go to Reddit. I was, I was like, I'm going to stay off the internet until I watched the episode because you know, it's one of those things where even people who don't think they're spoiling it are spoiling it in certain ways by hinting at things where they say something and you go, Oh, that's, there's only one thing that person could possibly mean. So it's like, I put the phone down, I stayed away from it. Um, it was the last day of school. So I had, you know, meetings and everything all day had stuff to do. So it was easy. And then finally was not spoiled, was able to sit down and see it with open eyes for those, what, 44-minute long episode or what have you.
0: Because I know,
2: on Friday comes, put the phone down, because someone is going to watch Mando at 12.01 a.m., and at 12.45 a.m., they're going to go on Twitter or they're going to go on Facebook and go, oh, my God, I don't want to spoil the Mando, but you'll never believe about the green thing and the green party and the glove hand with the XE thing and the R2 droid thing. <laughs> Not spoilers. And it's like, you know what? I'm done. I'm yeah. done with you guys.
1: You know, you know. I'm luck- yeah, I'm lucky. I was lucky because uh, it was the Friday, was my last day of work. So, but I got up and I l- checked Twitter and I saw one tweet saying those last 10 minutes of Mandalorian, and that's all I read. When I went, nope, and immediately <laughs> put my phone down, I went, get your butt up, grab a cup of coffee. Then I'm like, I have to be in the office at nine, it's seven, ten, you got time. So, I just immediately went and I merely watched it. Because- yeah, that's. I've learned that lesson. No. There's, there's
0: always, there's always somebody who's Homer Simpson walking out of the theater, going, I can't believe Darth Vader's Luke Skywalker's father. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you know what the thing? Even though I was a little spoiled with the with the Luke Skywalker, and like like I said, my brain started spinning on a little bit. What I what caught me totally by surprise was R two D two, and first of all, it was just you know it was it was like, oh, we got to put R2 in here. You know, it's, everybody's going to love it. We're going to put R2 in there. But what it did was as people were bawling over Grogu and, and Din saying goodbye, in comes R2 and you start laughing. And so they, the things they did, they, they, I mean, they, they took you to a place of sadness, then made you laugh. And, you know, um, so I, I thought there was some, some really good elements in there.
2: Um, Elise uh, and I were joking when we saw R2. We watched it again. Like, we, we watched it, and Saturday we watched it again, and we were joking that we can imagine that since R2 is a sassy bot, a sassy astromech, that the entire time he's going through the ship, he's screaming, you couldn't have held the elevator for me, Luke. I'm right <laughs> behind you. I, I, it, it takes me a little bit longer to get out the X-Wing. takes me a little bit longer to move. And you couldn't hold the elevator no you had to come up here and see the baby Yoda. i was right behind you luke uh, you know what forget it you nav, you astro navigate yourself to another star system i'm done i'm out you know
0: so let's uh i'm going to take the the bullets out of order here a little bit let's just let's just talk about the the biggest thing first luke skywalker um you know i mean there's they obviously did the rogue one you know cgi face thing you know um and we can talk about you know let's let's talk about a the execution of it from a technical standpoint and then b the emotional aspect and just the story aspect of it um so and i i will kick things off um because dave and i were getting into not really a boxing match but i was venting on our twitter feed because here's the thing that was driving me nuts and this is going to be this is probably going to be an episode because I think Dave brought up a really good point in our private conversation. I don't know if he's frozen or just mad at me because he's got his arms. <laughs> full. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I wish this was a video podcast because Dave looked really mad at me right there. Um, but we're, you know, cause I think this is a, I think this is a conversation to, that needs to be had. Um, is that what drives me nuts? I had to turn off a podcast because you know the person rightfully i i understand every criticism of the execution of it because when you watch the scene again and you know mark hamill's not that young and so you know that they're putting it together so it's kind of messing with your brain as it is but then when you watch it he doesn't blink at all it's like you made the ewoks blink can't you make can't you make him blink to make it look a little bit anyway um so there's some execution problems but so they're they're upset about the execution part of it. I get it. But the next sentence out of it was, I wish they would have, you know, just recast Sebastian Stan. And it's like, no, I I mean, that's if, if I think that we're all like on board with, see, I just made Dave mad. He left the call. (laughs) We are all on board. You got Luke Skywalker coming. Imagine if you see this cloaked figure, you know, green lightsaber, a wampin' and a whoopin', and slicing everything within an inch of its life, and coming in and saving the day. And he takes the hood off, and it's Bucky. You know, I the talk about you know I, that would have no, that just would not have worked. Um, so, you know, and on another podcast I was listening to, you know, they they is Star Wars: Underworld. They did make a good point that at least Lucasfilm is pushing the envelope and trying to do these things. You know, it's not, it's not there yet, but if they would have recast it and tried to pass somebody else off as Luke Skywalker in that moment, it would have, you know, it's like telling, telling the love of your life. I love you. And they say, thank you. That's the way it would have felt. Um, so too. Like, yeah, you know, we can talk about, and I, but I, th- and I think we do need to talk about the execution of it. Um, but then the con, what Dave said to me was, all right, so then should they, if, if they can't do it well, if it ain't worth doing well, is it worth doing at all? You know, yes. and should they, and I think that's a good point. Do you just, you know, do you, do you recast, you know, for this thing or, and then I think my my counterpoint was then maybe this story should be told in a comic book or in a book. Um, so a I didn't I didn't mind the the Luke Skywalker effect. I wasn't taken out of the moment. Um, I saw the flaws um, definitely. Um, I didn't think it took away from the emotional part of it. Um, and I obviously have a lot to say about recasting in a later episode, but uh, I'm going to throw it to a counterpoint for Dave because Dave didn't really, you didn't like the execution especially and it took you out of the moment, didn't it?
3: Very much, yeah. The um, Seeing Luke in action in the hallway with the security cameras at all was, um, you can't fault any of that. The filmmakers did a great job with all of that. But, but I'm sitting there watching it and in the back of my head, I'm like, are they going to show his face? Are they going to show his face? How are they going to show his face? What's he going to look like? Did they recast him? Is it Mark? Is it going to be digitized? What's going to go on? How are they going to do that? And that's all I could think about. To the point where we get to the reveal, and it didn't look like him. <laughs> his eyes were all wrong. The uncanny valley was in full effect. Um getting a moat at all. I mean, the real Mark has a wonderful smile and he has a real compassion in his face and in his eyes. And, you know, that, that you know, soulless husk of a uh, rendition of Mark Hamill just, just did not do it for me. So it was like my worst nightmare. I'm sitting there worrying about like, oh man, this is probably not going to be good. It's probably not going to be good. And then...
0: As he's frozen, so we'll we'll come back um, and we'll do some more counterpoints in your stuff. But we'll I'll keep my mouth shut for the time being. And let's chuck it to Ryan. Um, what what do you think when you know that? Just like I said, you can talk about the emotional side of it and the technical side of it. Go for it.
2: Um, so for me, um, the emotional side of it was, and you know it it was everything i'd wanted to see from luke on a screen since i was nine years old because you know with the end of with the end of jedi remember the whole thing with obi-wan saying you can't become a true jedi until you face and defeat vader so at the end of jedi the and the culmination is the end of luke sark is that you know he is finally a true jedi but we don't get to see that and then you know you get um uh, what is it, The Heir to the Empires and all the comic books and what have you would show it, but it's just not the same. And then now we get this episode where, and you know they were totally conscious of this, where you've almost got a mirroring mirroring aspect of uh, Luke Skywalker showing his true powers, his true ability as a Jedi, in the same vein that Darth Vader did in Rogue One. You know, they're even... When he comes out of the elevator and he ignites his lightsaber, the framing is reminiscent of Vader and Rogue One. A lot of this, the moves were as well. So I, I loved the fact that we finally got Luke. We've, you know, we finally got to see Luke do his thing to show everybody what he was capable of. And like you said, that brings up a very interesting question about how does it arc to the new trilogy where Luke is in such a despondent state over the Jedi and what have you. Uh, So emotionally, I thought, you know, like I said, I was just, I was being nine years old again. I put my, I put everything on a shelf and said, just enjoy the moment that I'm finally seeing Luke Skywalker be the Jedi. I wanted to see 30 something years ago. And then technically, I think they've come light years past, uh, you know, what was it? Um, Who was it in, in Tron when they did Jeff Daniels, no, not Jeff Daniels, Jeff Bridges in Tron. Or, uh, you know, even, uh, at, you know, even Grandma Tarkin. Um So I was willing, you know, I was willing to go with it because I knew what they were gonna do. I knew that they were gonna, by that time, it's like, you know, they got Luke, but you know, they're going CGI. Just don't make it look, just just make it look some, like give me, if you give me 60%, I'll be happy. And the fact that they had a uh, body double and then they had the guy who voices luke now in the video games and certain cartoons and then they had mark hamill to do a voice lay down and a facial laydown. down it took three people to make uh luke in this in the in this in the scene i was happy with that and there was a little bit of an uncanny valley to it Uh, but a lot of me wrote that off to well you know luke is a jedi now he's totally serene you know ben kenobi didn't really react. You know, Luke is emotional with his friends, but outside of that, Luke's the Jedi. If you remember Luke at the beginning of Jabba's Palace, he was totally serene and emotionless. He was very straightforward and matter of fact with his with his conversation. So I, you know, and I, I love it. Um and in regards to the Sebastian Stan thing, real quick, if you'd have told me they were gonna they were thinking about recasting Sebastian Stan uh, a few years back when Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker and what have you hit. I thought that would I would honestly I would argue up and down that that was the most horrible idea I've ever heard in my life, and that's coming from someone like one of the 27 people who like Solo because I actually I absolutely love Solo, but if you tell me now that they're going to do Sebastian Stan as Luke and they're going to let Filoni have a crack at it or whomever you know as long as Filoni is in that orbit I'm on board. See, on and board. I
0: this so this is where I'm going to just disagree that I don't have any problem if it's pre. You know, original trilogy. I don't, I didn't mind Alden Reich, You know, and Donald Glover. That works for me, fine. But now I think what Lucasfilm needs to do is, and this is just Aaron on his soapbox, that if they can't do it right, I mean, like like we said, a one off. Uh, and I like I, I had to let Fredo give his piece here as well. But um, you know, if it's if it's just a short little thing. Like a hologram or a quick little scene and you can pull it off with the cgi face thing you know great but if it's going to be you know like a longer bit and it's like we're but we're going to recast it and use sebastian sand then it's like then no do not make that i don't you don't need all all not all stories have to be told visually that, well, uh, at least, right. I see that point. you know it's or like live
1: action right you know it's
0: right. like i i mean you can go through any well. Imagine what would have happened if they would have recast Carrie Fisher, you know, recast Princess Leia in the last. You know, we all would have liked pitchforks and torches. You know, they can tell. They can tell that story of Luke training Grogu in a comic book. I think you make a great comic book. They could tell it in a set of novelizations. It does not need to be. Um, and, and I also have a little, I'll take a gripe later about Marvel, Marvel and Star Wars just need to not cross pollinate, um, because they, they are such iconic, you know, fit people, you know, and actors in, in their, in those, you know, franchises. It's like, you know, Would I would do, I think Brie Larson would make an awesome Jedi. Yes. But I'd be going, hey, it's Captain Marvel as a Jedi, right. you know. Right now, the only yes, I know, you know, I know that Sam Jackson was Mace Windu and was Nick Fury. I get it, but you know, you're gonna. It's like you have these two major franchises, and you start mixing them. I, I don't know. I don't. I just don't see that working. Fredo, what do you think? Luke Skywalker, go ahead.
1: Okay. Yeah. Before yeah, before I tackle that point, let me just. Uh, I obviously as as the scene is progressing. The natural inclination is: Did they recast it? Is it Sebastian Stan, or are they going to go CGI? And look, there's reasons why you do one versus the other. Getting the, I agree 100% with Dave in regards to the uncanny valley nature of it. Yes, he doesn't blink. I mean, the moment the moment he puts his you know lightsaber down, takes the hood off, he is just looking straight dead on. I'm like. Okay, you know, if you didn't know you know well, the real Luke Skywalker, I'd be, be a little creepy. Out. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Just the way some of the features look better than others. Like I thought the lower part of the face, his mouth, the way they make him look. There's moments where you can see, oh, okay, they got close to it, but obviously they didn't. Uh that said, and I would, and this is the same issue that I had with or non issue that I had with Rogue One. I can accept that they're not gonna look a hundred percent like the live-action counterparts, because they're not. They're, uh, uh, Carrie Fisher was dead by the time Rise of Skywalker went into production. They couldn't cast her back. Um, um, Peter Cushing was long-diseased by the time Rogue One film. I still won't love the, fa- the fact that he's in it. So I'm willing to forgive and excuse certain elements of the technology, you know, the limitations of the technology, in service to the story. And I think that's the point. Why is it that everybody guessed that Luke Skywalker is going to turn up? Because, well, you're talking about Grogu touching the and Stone on Tython and connecting through the Force to a Jedi. Well, gee, who's the one Jedi we know is running around the galaxy right now? Luke Skywalker. So the fact that he's going to be there and not hear this call would have, you know, been surprising. So I so I understood that the, he had to make a presence.
0: Well, and and here's the other thing. What? Okay, so imagine, you know would would it have been you said making sense with the story and does it does it you know work Mm -hmm. with the story i don't think you have anybody else you know any other jedi come and take grogu other than luke skywalker if you're going to have it in this time frame i mean if you bring ezra bridger i mean i i i want to know what happened to ezra as well but no that wouldn't that would not have the emotional gravitas to it you know or cal kestis I only know Cal. I haven't played that game. I know Cal Kestis because, you know, I'm on the internet and I know that it's the character. But there, are- so everybody had their own headcanon or their own right. wants and wishes and whatever. But in the overall story of Star Wars, the only person right. who can come through that door is Luke.
1: It's Luke Skywalker. And I think that's, right. Right. yeah. You, you almost uh, you almost have to recognize the limitations and acknowledge them. I also think, and this kind of goes into one of those rumors that we might talk about in a little bit, when you get to the idea of recasting, I'm not, again, recasting the role, despite the, the connection that I think every Star Wars fan has to Mark Hamill, just like I wasn't against recasting Harrison Ford for the solo movie. I mean, we, we were all little kids watching Han Solo, Running through uh, the Death Star in Star Wars, and then watching uh, Doctor Indiana Jones running through the jungles in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Those, you know, we were able to keep those two separate in our heads. You know, so we are able to, you know, recognize. Okay, it's an actor; he's playing a role. As long as they're embodying the role and the story makes sense, we can make no, we can excuse. Nick Fury
0: turning up as Mace Windu. And Mace okay. Window. Mace Window turned up as Nick Fury. Come on. Exactly. By the way, happy happy birthday exactly. to Sam Jackson. Exactly. And did you? But and anyway, can we yeah. can we take just a little aside here? Did you see Star Wars uh, their tweet today?
1: Yeah.
0: About Sam Jackson's uh, birthday. Yeah. It Let said, me see if I can find it. It <laughs> says the the party is not over. Happy birthday. Samuel L. Jackson, Samuel L. Jackson, Mace Windu, something like that. It's like they, mm-hmm. they. It's like okay, we know, we've heard rumors of you know Mace Windu show. So
1: everybody's getting a rumored show but, on Disney Plus. So that's yeah, off. Yeah, let's, I mean, let's, 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 let's get off the, a, Get off that. I want to I
0: want to come to Dave's defense and then let him take it from here because he mentioned something that's really good. It made me think about it as well. It's like how if Lucasfilm is having such a hard time getting these faces right in these brief little glimpses in these roles, why don't they hire people from Pornhub to who master the deep fake technology to make your favorite actor look like they're in a porno and convince everybody in the world why don't they hire those people? Because they've figured out the technology apparently. So so Dave, I understand your point a little bit. So so why do you, why do you now again this is this is new this is emerging technology, but or or do you think that this was just they they put the B team on Luke Skywalker, because again somewhere in Lucasfilm somebody decided we need to make the Ewoks blink, because it's creeping people out that the Ewoks don't blink. They look too much like puppets, so let's make them blink. They spent a years budget to make Ewoks blink, but they can't make Mark Hamill blink. I don't know I'll throw this to Dave. So what what do you think is what do you think is going on?
3: I, yeah, I think probably something along those lines. Is It's not a technology that they get called on to do very often, right? You've got 30 years of experience trying to create spaceships out of thin air. You have a decade or so of people trying to create people out of thin air. Um, Anything before that was just, like, comically bad. Uh, So it's like... You know, there, there are some exceptions like The Matrix Reloaded and some of those other films that we, they tried to do people, and
0: it just it didn't so, really work. So, what if let, let's do a little what if here? You know, the Marvel, the Marvel what if? You know, what if you get the whole scene and everything? He comes into the bridge, never takes the hood off, but you hear the Mark Hamill voice.
1: It wouldn't
2: work. Uh, that doesn't work. Yeah, you got to see the face. You, you still you know. You, you, you,
0: you still know. I mean, if if we hear that. Okay, but, okay. So that's what Fredo and, and RJ think. But uh, but Dave, what would that have been? Better experience for you. Maybe I don't know.
3: Let's, I mean, let's like let... again, the, the the problem is again the seed had been planted. Like, I'm just sitting here thinking, like, I'm I'm watching him in the hallway, and like I think we all said, Are they gonna do this? Like that was the reaction. You see the X Wing and you're like, Are they doing this? Are they really doing this? And there's this there's a skepticism about that question. Because it's like we know in our heart of hearts, it's not easy for them to do it. And so, are they going to be able to do it? And I think like that's the underlying question. And so watching it unfold I was old my expectations were always going to be well let's see how, what this looks like is it going to be better than M- grandma Tarkin is it going to be worse than Leia um or somewhere in between um and I thought I was a little worse than Leia
0: you know um I I I, I said on in our Twitter group that I'd like to do a social experiment. I I think it'd be interesting to see, take somebody, we, you know, we all have those friends who have never watched a lick of star Wars and just say, sit down and watch this episode with me or watch rogue one with me. And where we get bothered by grand Moff Tarkin, you know, princess Leia, um, Luke Skywalker, you know, where we get bothered by those spots to see if, if they get bothered, do they go, that looks fake that that looks bad that looks you know because again i think i think you're right we set ourselves up like i said earlier because we know if they're going to do it it ain't going to be the actual mark hamill now uh but i think there is a deeper conversation to have on our podcast sometime about you know there's Um, real quick oh go ahead go ahead ryan um
2: i think i think you're hitting a point where i think you're hitting a point right on it it's you know for my wife Elise, it's she's she never really became a huge Star Wars fan until she met me, of course. So you know, she gets to see Rogue One and I have to you know, I'm explaining the things to Rogue One. and then, you know, we get the Mandalorian. and to her, it's you know, it's perfect. She doesn't have a lot of the analytical aspects thrown in that, you know, got you know, guys and girls and people and everyone who have who are so religiously fanatical about Star Wars attached to these things she looks at it and goes oh that's amazing that's awesome you know she just puts the brand on his shelf and she's jumping up on the couch up and down on the couch too because luke skywalker's cutting people up and i think that's a really good point you know by nature we analyze everything because of what we are within the fandom i think the average person just sees luke skywalker and goes that's amazing that's that's one of the greatest things i've ever seen
3: well it's also and aaron You know, I'll answer your previous question with one other comment, which is to say that I think if they had shown his face at the beginning instead of built to it, I think I would have been better off because I had a lot of time to just sort of (laughs) marinate. It's like, what are these next kind of couple of minutes going to look like? What's he going to end like? You know, are they going to get it right? Are they going to get it wrong? You know, and. If he had just like close up right off the, that would have helped me.
1: And I, I'll just say right quick. I think they needed to show the face, just from a story and you know, emotional standpoint. Not, not just for the fans, but just within the realm. I mean, think about what you're asking this character, our lead character, Dan Jaren, to do. Turn over your kid, the kid you just less than five minutes ago dove in to take blaster shot for. To preserve and you're just gonna hand them over to somebody who doesn't show you their face. What parent does that? So Thanks I think we needed to have his face seen. Yeah, you,
2: you can't close the loop unless Luke shows his face. You know, you can't you can't seal it off unless you get that final confirmation. Because you think if he doesn't show his face, can you imagine the discussion on the internet right now? There's no there's no, you know, there's there's no payoff, there's no um, Oh, my, my brain's fried. There's there's no um, there's no relief from that buildup of tension. If you don't see his face, now you're hanging. And the intent wasn't to set it up as a, as a cliffhanger. The intent was to finalize, put a period in this story where this is where we are at, at this point. And if you don't see Luke's face, unfortunately, you don't get that closure. You know, you don't get the payoff. And that would have been, you know, imagine the internet right now if they never would have showed luke's face could you do the theories going around what the chaos it would have brought and there'd be they'd be rioting in the street calling for kathleen kennedy's head and you know whoever's running disney right now um, and instead and instead
0: people are calling for their heads because because luke skywalker was in it um so to keep this conversation moving, but we're still going to be around this Luke Skywalker time because we're still talking about the last ten minutes. Um, one of the things that hit me, and I put this in our notes, I said it's like poetry; it all sort of rhymes. And I mean, there was in these last ten minutes, you had, I mean, I mean, you you mentioned first of all, you know, Luke's hallway scene is, I mean, it, obviously they made that mirror, you know, Vader's hallway scene. And that makes sense why they do it. But then it was also, there was a lot of similarities to um, Anakin in Revenge of the Sith when he was laying waste to the Separatists. And I mean, a lot of the same lightsaber motions, a lot of the same, yeah, the force choking and everything that was going on. um, I mean, it looked a lot like that. When you had Din and, um, and Grogu and he said, don't be afraid, you know. It was, it was the Phantom Menace, you know. It was that. It was Shmi, you know, telling Anakin it's okay to go with this Jedi. I mean, again, I all there was. What else did I put in? Of course, we had um, Rogue One. Um, oh, it, Return of the Jedi when Grogu touches Din's helmet and Din takes the helmet off. I mean, that's you know. It's you know it mirrored um, Luke and Vader at the very end there. Um, so again, what I've said through all this is that Favreau and Filoni have said to everybody who have been laying, f- placing flags in their yards of this is my Star Wars and no this is my Star Wars. I'm a Clone Wars person. I'm a original trilogy guy. I'm a sequel trilogy. He they've been saying all of this is star Wars. And they did that in this last 10 minutes.
3: I don't disagree with any of that. Um, and I, that's, those are some of the beats that I really liked the most with those tie ins, those rhyming measures is, I mean, the hallway, like you said, I mean, it's playing as day. Um, the stuff with uh, Boba Fett, Enslave one early on with the dog fighting those sequences. We I'm not sure that we've really talked about much at all, but those were really good. Um, I liked the, the, I I liked almost everything about the dark troopers. Um, you know, we've uh, expanded upon that mythos. Uh, I hope they don't just cast it aside going forward. I'd like to see more of it. It's, uh, it's fascinating stuff to me. Um, and, you know, for us geeks who were in the, you know, playing Dark Forces in 1996, it was, you know, it's really, really fun. So um, there's a lot here that really, really worked. But I think ultimately, when I look at the Luke cameo not working for me, if you take that piece of the puzzle out of this episode, what are you left with at that point? You're left with some really nice action beats. Um, You're left with some nice smaller character moments, but then at the end of the episode, you're left with Mando and the child separated. And I'm not sure that's a story that I necessarily want to have told at this point of the series. Well, and and I guess... that's, that's kind of where i'm at and like big picture thinking and that's why the episode for me ultimately probably doesn't get a passing grade it's like I... that side of it and i'll get into some lone wolf and cub stuff if we have time for it but that's like where my thinking is with
1: it mm-hmm. no i guess i was just gonna say because uh, this might lead us to uh, uh towards the discussion of the other elements of the episode I wonder if they made the conscious, because they could have very easily just finished the episode with Din gets Grogu, off they go. Uh, Cara Dune's got the Moff Gideon in, in, in Shackles, off she goes. And uh, Bo-Katan's got the Darksaber. They could have wrapped it up in a neater, easier way. Where that story goes to next, we don't know. They chose to, they no, objectively chose to know we will separate Grogu and Din we will create this new tension dynamic between Din and Bo-Katan regarding the Darksaber and beating Moff Kallion and what she has to do because, I mean, there's been a lot of discussion already about the fact that she's refused the Darksaber when she took it in an earlier spot, uh, earlier moment in her story. So clearly there's... There's another story that they want to take us towards, away from Ben and Grogu on the run.
0: Well, and I think I it's also I, I think it's also a, a necessary element. It's like, okay, yeah, the story is going to go this way, and we've it's, we, we can't have a cute little child sitting there as they're, you know, battling for the Darksaber, and there's going to be a lot of you know, you're going to get into Mandalorian okay. lore and stuff like that. So I think it's it, I think it's I don't think yeah. it's the last we see of Baby Yoda. Um mm-hmm. but you know, Dave, my counterpoint to that is I don't know where else they could go without it becoming
1: DJ on the bear. Well, just well, with, yeah, without it, it be- almost
2: it almost becomes a parody, like Aaron is saying, because the one problem you're gonna run into and you start to see it a little bit, you started to see it in the in the edges this season with everyone going Boy, I kind of wish Din and his crew would get a little bit more challenging bad guys because they mow down stormtroopers like it's nobody's business, you know. Like they just run through, hey, there's an imperial facility, pew 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 pew, you know. And I think you like I thought it would be Jay and a bear. You risk getting to that point where it becomes a joke, where oh look, look, Din is taking on Mando's taking on an entire separatist Mandalorian faction, and he's got Baby Yoda in his in his backpack let's see if baby Yoda doesn't get hurt, you know, and there's quirky ways in which he dodges baby Yoda hurting, getting hurt and what have you. And I think you've got, you have to, um, you have to split it up at some point, even if they join again in the future, uh, you know, cause even in the Wolf and Cub, there were plenty of issues where, uh Ido and Daigoro were split from one of plenty, plenty of arcs uh, where they were not together. And I, you know, it's,
0: I, I think I think I uh, I, I'm
2: totally okay. I, I'm okay with it. I, you know,
0: my my thought is that the way that he's going to come back into the story is that he's going to end up saving Din somehow. He's going to use right, the right. He's right. just going to show up. Uh, it's like, you know, yeah. that 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 Jedi stuff sucked, and I'm just I don't yeah. want to be there, you know. And uh, but uh, well, I mean, so uh, but I I, I the, my my main point though is that I'd like all the things that they put in there too. Again, it's, it's, it's felonian and Favreau, again, paying homage to every bit of Star Wars lore. And I just, and I, I think they're doing more to bring the community and the fan base together. You know, everybody still disagrees on certain things, but you know, it's like, I, I haven't heard many people like not be able to get behind this. Um, real quick, um, I added something to our notes. And I'm I'm gonna say the thing that I was let down by, and we we're, we'll do our season recap at some point. But Moff Gideon, if you want to talk about something let down, I'm let down by Moff Gideon because we're, I mean, we haven't really seen hide nor hair of him for eight episodes, and then he has one duel with Din, and then tries to take him, and then tries to commit suicide, and that's it. I mean, it's like, it's, there was, I don't think that there, I don't think there was the payoff of him being as bad as the setup and the marketing is, was, was there. And I know there's another season to come, but he was more of a Scooby-Doo villain than he was like a really, um, I, I just don't think there was any payoff and Fredo's making his face where he's going to take me to school.
2: I'd go, right. away with it if it wasn't for that pesky Luke Skywalker and his meddling
1: kids, <laughs> you know. The, 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 weirdly enough, the character that popped in my head as we saw the episode progress with Moff Gideon, it's going to sound silly, it's going to be Sauron from the Lord of the Rings. Because in many... Moff Gideon, Gideon tells uh, what, uh, Din, always assume that I know more than you. Because he already knows what they, he's able to detail their plan, detail what he's done, detail what their issue is. So I think, even though you're right, I don't think, because it's interesting that they they obviously gave him the Light Cruiser, they gave him the Stormtroopers, they gave him the Dark Troopers, but they also were like, no, no, he's not got hundreds of, of Stormtroopers, he's got a few people in there. So it allows for the team of Cara Dune, Bo-Katan, Cosca, and Fennec Shen to take him out, basically. Uh, so... I, I could see him as being more a duplicitous, conniving, deceiving character now that he's in the chains of the new republic.
0: By the way, uh, so you made a Lord of the Rings reference. I'm going to make another one, another one that came to my brain that when they were in the bridge mm-hmm. and the and the death troop or the the dark troopers were bashing it, that was battle of Helm's Deep. They were no, no. literally, I mean, the 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 you know, the gate is being busted in and then it's not Gandalf who comes and saves the day, but it's Luke Skywalker, yeah. you know? So it was, that was total Lord of the Rings. Well, um, yeah, the,
1: Im- the image of was Fellowship of the Ring was the Mines of Moria, when they're trapped in Durin's tomb and the orcs are trying to beat down the doors with the, with the cave troll. But uh, no, but I, th- I think that there's more to come from Moff Keaton. It's interesting, but but they, but but my, it,
0: my but my criticism is there should have been more throughout the season, I, even peppered in just well, a little bit, instead I, of.
2: I agree with that, Aaron, because it's like it's like you were said. Like he gets, and what was it Giancarlo Esposito? You know Gus Fring, the Chicken King. He's a great villain. You know, he's one of the most memorable things about Breaking Bad. And you're right. If he would have been just a little bit more ominous this season, maybe actively chasing you know, Din and his cohorts and trying to get Baby Yoda sending patrols out after him or something. But it's right. He's kind of behind the scenes the entire season. And then you don't really see him get to be Gideon until the last episode. And the last episode, he was like, oh, he's he's got it. Like, I can see what he's doing. Like, you know, oh, I'm going to fight the Mando and the Mando's not going to kill me. And that's going to make it even more complicated for Bo-Katan. I'm going to f- press those buttons there, you know? Like, what they showed you was great, I just wish they would have taken another. What was it? Was it eight? Episodes? I wish taking another seven episodes to kind of put a little bit more, you know, deviousness into him, a little bit more activity into him, so he's not just more of like a a new a new gun gray with a dark saber. Yeah, I,
0: I wanted to. I wanted to be a little bit more fearful of him. I mean, I was, right. you know, I, I. But I wanted. I just wanted to be a little bit more fearful of him. Um, I will say Where's, what who's, who's was it? interesting is his reaction when he saw Luke. Yes. Yeah. He was, he was terrified.
2: Yeah. Um, and, you know, he knows he's got to know who Luke is because they were all Battle of Endor veterans. You know, they all, and that's one thing that bothers me is that Cara Dune was obviously a Battle of Endor veteran. And she was like, Wr! you know, it's like, you know, who that is. You know who that is, Cara Dune. You know, but you're absolutely right about his reaction to that it was priceless.
0: Um, Sano, was it? Dave, were you satisfied with Moff Gideon?
3: I mean, this is one of the ways that they deviate from Lone Wolf and Cub, Um, the original source material, which is that the enemy in that story traditionally is a bad mother. I mean, like, killed his family, left him for dead, and now you're in a revenge play um and so like that element of this story is kind of like not there yet and i'm wondering if they will escalate with him further like if there is going to be something that they can do through him to affect din in a more personal way and i know that they won't endanger the child in that but um you know, getting getting more into his background and what makes him tick, and uh, and hitting him where it hurts in some way. And I think like that's the next step for them to take with Moff Gideon.
0: By the way, another highlight that I didn't put a bullet point here. Highlight of, of this episode was um, Cara Dune, Sasha Banks, um, Bo Katan, and Fennec Shan. Um, the, the whole female crew just a waping butt. Um, I, I, I just thought I again, they're Star Wars, yeah, they've they've had strong female characters, but usually I, I should say in most of the movies they have a strong female character um, historically. and it seems like they're trying to make amends for that because you had a, I mean you had strong female characters and like I said, no men around and they were just whompin'. um however, Does it seem like Star Wars under Jon Favreau is like, hey, this really paid off and worked in Marvel. We should do it over here. Because you had that same type of thing in Endgame um, where we're going to put all the strong female characters in one shot and everybody went nuts, and rightfully so, because it was awesome. And we always talk about representation. I'm not taking anything away from this scene, but are are they doing it because it needs to be done or are they doing it for the cheap pop if you will if you are a uh, if you're a uh, wwe you know fan
1: no I-, I thought it was first of all i thought it was a good shot i thought the whole action sequence where they the where the fire team takes the uh, the light cruiser was awesome. Well done. And
0: before but, anybody comes after me on social media, sometimes I just say things to get the conversation, to get people fired up. Don't don't say Aaron's a sexist pig, because I'm not. I'm just. The, misogynist. Just one. Yeah. Sorry, anyway, go ahead, Fredo.
1: No, you're just pig. You're not sexist. That's all right. <laughs> no, I was going to say uh, it's earned. Here's the catch. Before this episode, you have already established Boca 10. As a McClunky badass McClunky. warrior, you've established Fennec Shen and you've established um, uh, what Dune. you call it, Caridun. the only one you had didn't really know too much was Cosca, was uh, Stanford Banks' character, and you establish her in a hurry by having her take on go toe to toe with Boba Fett, yeah. So by the time the four of them take on, they're they're laying into storm troopers, and you're like. Well, yeah, what else would they do? We've seen them in action. We know they all can kick butt. Of course they would be doing this. So it's that's the catch. It's because they've already shown it, you don't doubt. You just go with.
2: Um, I think I, I agree with uh, – I totally agree with Fredo there, especially um, when you think about it. It's, you know, I, I, and I'm i not going to say it's it's more – I'm not going to say it's Favre. I personally think it's more felony Because remember, Filoni's like the emperor's hand. You know, he sat at the throne of of Lucas. And he's probably one of the only guys who would tell George Lucas when something was stupid, you know. And I think he gets to that point where it's, you know, they're built, like like Fred said, they're building these characters. like, oh, you're going to have your Avengers moment? Let me show you how to do an Avengers moment Star Wars style. And he does it the way George taught him how to do it. Because if you look at Clone Wars... Uh, Clone Wars did the same thing with a lot of their female characters. Um, and I can't remember, like the uh, the region of Mandalore, uh, the female Jedi who was one of Ahsoka Tano's, the Padawan who was one of Ahsoka Tano's close friends. Um, Filoni's been building those types of characters in the Clone Wars for years now, and then he gets over to Mandalore and he's like, "Let me show you how to do it." Like, this is. You know, we're gonna throw this in here. And real quick, do you guys how know do you guys how know how old Ming Na Wen is? 57.
0: Like, you... Fifty seven.
2: Yes. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous.
0: I, I, yeah, <laughs> that's what I said. I, I read that the other day and I said, Brit, Ming Na Wen is fifty seven. She's like, You kidding me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: um, she's she's been acting since the early 90s that yeah. everybody now, not recognized my yeah. my
0: point is though you know we've talked about it on this podcast before is that i i think and i think this is what they're doing the the template and the model and it's funny because i was watching south park today and it was the the coon and friends uh where they're one of their netflix series and they're making fun of marvel and how you know we're gonna do They they had it all mapped out of how they're all these things we're gonna link together and they're gonna have their big movie but anyway, I, I I can see and I think Star Wars needs to do that Marvel template of because you're going to have these shows, they're going to be happening at about the same time and it's going to allow for a little bleed over and a little crossover. But my problem is, is that if they're going to start doing things moment for moment, shot for shot, and that's what that it when I saw that in The Mandalorian, I said as awesome as it was the first thing I thought of was that moment in end game. And then I, it's just like, so are we, that's what I hope we don't do is that we don't get just moment for moment, shot for shot. You yeah. know? And I, and I
2: i think that maybe that could have even been a little bit of Filoni flipping his nose at Disney, you know, and I don't, I'm just speculating here, but like I said, Filoni was always really, if you read a lot of his stuff, he was always very opinionated about how Star Wars should be told. And I know a lot of people are. For as many people who loved that endgame scene, Aaron brings up a good point. There was as many detractors who said it was too forced. Like, oh, they're just doing that to to make people happy. And Filoni's kind of flipping his nose at Disney and Marvel, going, "You guys want to do something like that? Let me show you how you earn it." Because no one's complaining about that scene in Mandal. Like, I everyone sees it like
0: everybody's awesome. Yeah,
2: are these people going to be the rage of the new republic? You know. Give us these give us these women. Give us give us a story with these women like a wild bunch or something like that's that. You're a magnificent I mean?
0: seven. Dave, that's the title of the episode. Give us these women.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, well, your women. <laughs> um
3: Well, I you know, I would dovetail off that and say it made storytelling sense for them to act as a diversion. Uh, for Dan because like he had the personal stakes, so they would want to do that for him so that he could sneak off and get Grogu. Right. But also from a character development perspective, um, I got excited in this moment because he's, I I mean like this is again, my mind races forward. This guy's going to end up alone in a hallway with dark troopers. And one of the few things we know about his backstory is that trauma that he experienced as a child at the hands of those super battle droids. And so this is set up to become a really significant moment for him. um, Being forced to combat like a much fiercer version of this source of his trauma. And we, this is where I feel like they kind of dropped the ball. We didn't really even get acknowledgement of the significance of that moment. I mean, they may save that for season three. He may have some residual you know nightmares or something stemming from that encounter. but um I mean that was that was immediately where I went with it. I was like, okay, we're going to an interesting place with this character right now. I mean, this is this is opening up these old scars and wounds. What are we gonna find here? And they just sort of glossed
0: over it, you know. Unfortunately, you know, you know what they, you know what they should have done is at the very end, end when R two comes rolling in, he should have went, "Oh crap, a droid!" <laughs> <laughs> I
2: said no droids. You can't say Grogu. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: uh, no, you're you're right. That, I I didn't think about that, but that it was now. It it could have even if you would have thrown in a little bit of a flashback like. A little mm-hmm. bit of a memory of that, that battle droid that we saw so much in season one, you know, overlooking him as this dark trooper is, you know, beating his head into the wall. Um, yeah, that would have made that battle a little bit more emotional. Otherwise, it was just, you know, beating down a machine. Yeah. Um, so, all these things that happen detract... I, I, I think Filoni and Favreau, Filoni was a genius on this one because what he did was he got everybody focused on other stuff and nobody's focusing on the fact that he retconned himself. Because <laughs> because when, I mean, when that was the thing that took me out of this, that took me out of this episode was that, and and I know what you're gonna say, Fredo, but I'm sorry. At the end of that Rebels episode, when Bo-Katan, just, when Sabine just hands the dark saber over to Bo-Katan and says, "Hey, this is yours," and she said, "Yeah, thanks," and holds it up for Mandalore, and everybody gets down on one knee, they pretty much established that okay, that you can get the dark saber that way. Now, so when he's like, "Here, just take the stupid saber," and, she, and Moff Gideon goes, "Oh, it doesn't work that way." Now I get what's going on. Is that Yes, you have to earn it. You have to earn it in battle. It's Harry Potter. I get it. But that's not what they established before. And so it made me go, wait a minute. What? And so I kind of missed about 30 seconds of an episode because I'm like, did I see something wrong? What's this? You know, and I, you know, so, okay. So what do we think is going to happen now? Because... Bokatan said, Moff Gideon is mine. We knew from a couple episodes ago that she wanted the dark saber and she wants to rule Mandalore and she looked really pissed off when in walks Dinjarin with the Darksaber. Um so I don't know, what do you guys what do you guys think about that whole Darksaber and Bo Katan stuff?
2: I I don't know. Maybe they're maybe on back on Mandro, they're like, look, you got it once. They can't hand it to you again. That's it. You got your freebie. If you lose it again... And someone goes to give it to you, you cannot accept it. That's that's what's going through my mind, or something. It's something to add. like it's very George. It's okay.
0: very George Lucas, though, right? It's very George Lucas, where it's like I made you know I made this decision in Episode Four, but yeah, I'm going to change it in Episode, or actually at the beginning of Empire Strikes Back, I'm going to have you know Luke and Leia kiss each other, you know. But then I'm you know here a little bit later, I'm going to decide they're brother and sister. So I mean, it is in Star Wars canon to change your mind. I don't know. Um, guys what else and I guess where do we think it's going to go from here is there going to are we going to get now instead of you know Captain America Civil War we're going to get Din Civil War
2: I just I want to know how many uh, really powerful weapons are going to fall into Din Djarin's lap through his adventures because he is building up an armory of some of the galaxy's most deadliest items and I'm like when is he going to get a lightsaber? Whose lightsaber is he getting next by accident? You know, because he's got the he's got the Beskar spear. Now he's got the dark saber. He's got the little birds. He's got the Beskar armor. It's like, it, it's like, yeah, Mando's got all the weapons. He's got everything. And it's just, don't, he's going to own you. So what does he get next? He, does he, is he going to come up with, uh, I don't know, Chewbacca's Anakin's
3: lightsaber. Yeah. <laughs> everyone else has had it, so he should have it. Yeah. <laughs> I found this outside. Yeah,
0: you know, it's a story for <laughs> another time. I found it with, this, I it with
1: yeah. this weird hand. <laughs> 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 it, I gave it, to it explains it. It yeah. explains episode seven.
0: Dave, what do you think? What do you think's coming with the dark saber? What'd you, what'd you think of that whole
1: yeah story
0: I, bit?
3: Know, I mean, I had the same deal. I mean, like, are, are we sure we're in the right place here? Because like, my reaction was that Gideon um, is in a position of influence still on Mandalore or amongst Mandalorians, which is how he ended up with the saber in the first place, which is that he has influence within that community. So his story matters. So from that perspective, if he says she didn't earn that, that would carry sway and that would be why um she couldn't just, you know, take it and brandish it and go about her business. But I may be all wet on that. But that was where my my mental gymnastics went was just then, to try to make sense of it.
0: But then why doesn't she just? Let, why does she just? You know, kill him. Kill him right there on the spot. <laughs> I mean, well, then she'd have to deal with Kara Doom. But yeah. also,
1: I mean, I think she. I mean, she's been trying to uh, convince Din to come over to her team. I mean, she even said it right before uh, in the bar before it took off. She's like, I hope you reconsider. Once we're done, I hope you reconsider yeah. joining us. So she's trying all this time to go like, I want you on my side. I want you to be one of us. And all of a sudden, all that gets thrown a cold bucket of water the moment he walks in with the the guy she wanted to beat up, beaten up, and the thing she needed in his hand. As for retconning, look, what I thought of was, Maybe Bo Katan took it from Sabine, held it up, and then Clan Vizsla and Sabine, Clan Ren, knelt down and all like, Yeah. And then she tried to do, you know, trying to pull the same trick to the rest of Mandalore. And the rest of Mandalorians went, McClunky, you did not beat her. That is pretension. You're playing, you're doing shenanigans with us, lady. Unless you take it by right of battle, you can't claim it.
0: Now, I mean, and now, is- now that she knows
1: that. She has to be. It
0: is It is genius that, I mean, it just, it it creates their third season.
2: Right. Yeah, and, you know, maybe uh, to kind of piggyback on what Fredo is saying is that, r- remember, it's never really said flat out in this season, but Dan is probably a member of the Death Watch, and he doesn't even realize it, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we go back into the history of the Clone Wars, uh, the cartoon series, the Mandal- the Mandalore proper and the Death Watch do not, you know, there's that whole thing between the two of them. And maybe, you know, if she's like, you know, this guy's got the this this Mando's got the Darksaber and all the Mandalorians go, Well, where is he from? And she goes, He's Death Watch. And you're like, Oh no, 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 you can't. Yeah, that's can't it's it's like the
0: Lutherans and the Methodists. Yeah.
2: Exactly. You you cannot take that. You have to kill him to get it from no no gifts from the Death Watch. You know, and maybe and that's one of my little mental gymnastics on it right there is the fact that he is as far as Mandalore is concerned, he is Death Watch. You know.
0: So I yeah I, again, I really don't think that we're uh, going to get a Bo-Katan show. I think she is just going to have a big role in the third season i would if i was to lay well, guess, you, uh, i think i, th- I think you, well i think you're going to have i think cara dune's going to be on the rangers of the new republic you know whatever that show is and bo-katan's going to be more in the mandalorian um mm-hmm. so that they can and it's going to be probably more mandalorian all the time now um just don't think be eight is enough just we <laughs> gotta stop We gotta draw a line somewhere. One of one of the things, my you know, my brother my brother sent me this text and it got me thinking. It is going back to the Luke Skywalker thing, and um, this is how you know this was something that struck me is that as over the moon as I was of seeing Luke Skywalker do all this stuff, when you had that moment between Grogu and Din. I forgot about Luke Skywalker because they had done, they had done this whole thing right where, and we've talked about this on the podcast where they, we got invested in Din and Grogu and their relationship. And then it's like, okay, we're going to give you this special cameo. And, but they, they put in those cameos late enough in the season and Star Wars: Underworld was talking about this a little bit today too. They put those in a little bit later in the season, so it doesn't, you know, it's like if they would have put Boba Fett in the second episode, we wouldn't have cared about Dinjarin. Right. But they, but they waited until they gave you a little glimpse in the second season, the first episode, and then saved him until what six, you know? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. so now, it, like I said, so you bring in Luke Skywalker, and that's and. Ryan and I, you know, being in the 501st, Ryan's got Darth Vader. I've got Stormtrooper armor. And if I'm there in my Stormtrooper armor and all the kids are going, hey, eh, it's a Stormtrooper the minute Ryan walks in and Vader, I, I doesn't matter if I was handing out $100 bills. Darth Vader's <laughs> in the room and all attention is there. But still, you know, so here's Luke Skywalker who should be overshadowing this whole moment. And it is all about. Grogu and Din so they did a great job I think just in in controlling that environment
3: I think that's part of the reason I'm worried about where we're at where they painted themselves into a corner of separating the two of them um all of the best tension of this series is built through the dichotomy of Din being you know this warrior assassin Uh, bounty hunter person uh, fighting these bloody battles versus trying to keep your child safe at the same time. And like there's so much tension to be mined from that and that's what makes the show so great and so compelling and little moments where he's opening himself up, taking the helmet off. I mean, that's a big deal. They've established that it's a big deal. Yeah, And touch, mean, and
0: when Grogu touched his face. Yeah. It, right. Well, and here's the other. Okay. So here's the other thing. I'm going to, I'm going to pick a little bit of a fight with you here, Dave. <laughs> uh, because, and and I totally understand. And I'm hung up a little bit on the Luke Skywalker thing as well. You know, but we've been watching now 16 episodes, 17 episodes of, of this little puppet that we all believe to be absolutely 100% real you know what I mean Grogu I you know I actually I maybe I got a little bit mad during the episode of the passenger when he they had him running and it looked kind of goofy but otherwise it's like we've and I guess my bigger point is that like I said they've they've done such a good job at you know creating this this uh relationship and that we that we care about um i guess the I don't human know I'm,
3: the human brain is very good at looking at human faces and per and Picking out things that well, are wrong. But, but
0: here's the thing: and, it's, 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 what, so I, it's go- what I said. It's what I said in our message today. It's like, but here's the, the difference: is you know, we look, we all looked at Yoda in 1980 and believed 100 percent that that was an actual thing, you know. Um, but when we saw, you said it yourself, when we saw Luke Skywalker, this hooded figure coming through a hallway, we started the analytical side of our brain started setting us up for what was to come and that it was either mm-hmm. going to be this is either going to be really good or it's going to really suck you know and so um so i think you know that's why again i come back to i'd i'd like to sit down <laughs> like to sit down with yeah. some of our friends who have never watched any star wars and just you know yeah and just see their yeah, reaction I, 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 I think there's
3: i think there's a lot of people that would you know agree with that and say that point taken you know It's like, the the, it's all this space fantasy thing, you know, and it's none of it's real. And we we saw a guy in cargo shorts a few episodes back in the background, you know, so there's just, there's always going to be these flaws and inconsistencies.
0: But oh my goodness, though, the, like I said, though, that moment of Pedro Pascal with a little puppet. And it was one of the most heart wrenching, you know, bits of acting that you've seen. It was, it was. It was just on point, I thought. I mean,
3: They've established that relationship. Yeah. And that, for me, is where all the tension comes from. And that's why, you know, the Mandalorian stuff, I'm sure is going to be fun. We're going to get some great action set pieces. We're probably going to get really cool resolution for a lot of different characters. Maybe Bo-Katan. Maybe perhaps among them. We may get Sabine. We may get other crossovers. It could be great. But...
0: You know, Attention you know what
3: is not gonna be the same.
0: You know what's gonna happen? Season three, first episode, X Wing flies in as you know while Mando's standing there and out walks uh, Luke Skywalker with with Grogu and he's gonna go, Nope, and <laughs> hand him over. <laughs> your your well, kids well. and <laughs>
2: All he does is eat and poop and I'm tired yeah, of we're it. We're gonna and we I, gotta I, have a we gotta have a parent
0: teacher conference here, Dan. No, yeah. this you <laughs> take this kid I, to the I, other school I, across can we, town.
2: Can we, zoom, can we zoom this? This just put him on a zoom and I'll <laughs> I'll force I'll force him through zoom. It will be fine, you
1: know. All right. So um, Billy, Billy Aaron, before you go forward, because this allows me to bring up one of the rumors to start making the rounds over the weekend, and that is uh, this is coming from Fandom Wire that Disney Plus is looking to develop a Luke Skywalker series. So, exactly, if you're going to do it, you know, it's one thing to do a one-off, okay, great, thank you so much, off you go. If you're going to develop a TV show with Luke and his Jedi Academy at the heart of it, you can't do, you know, you know, Uncanny Valley Luke as the lead. Right, right. You have to recast it. And, and fair was right. You have to. That gets back to the the one concern that I have about
2: Grogu is like you know, whatever Kirsten was saying when it came to Empire. It's like Yoda's a great character, but he's only a great character for so long. If he's too much in it, then we start picking it apart, you know. And and I think Grogu was hitting that point where the story they're telling is just it's it's walking precariously on that edge of rolling into not being about conflict and being more about the Mandalorian trying to take care of Grogu. That's, and I don't know, like you said, come ne- everybody loves Grogu now, but come next season, maybe the thing starts falling apart with the puppet. Like, you know, they go, well, oh, that looks kind of hokey or "Oh, you know, I'm, uh, that looks a little bit, that looks the, a little, but the big, right bigger, and
0: the and bigger all, problem like, is, is if they're using yeah. the bigger problem is if they're using, you know, fake, uh, you know, Luke Skywalker and um right, right so but okay with and with all due respect to what was this site
1: uh it was fanwire fan
0: it's that sounds like clickbait they mm-hmm. uh, to me it's like okay we see luke skywalker on uh, now we're gonna say oh they're in it's in development you know right. and now i think in that article they said in all you know, in development means maybe somebody talked about it next to a water cooler or something i mean it doesn't mean that it's going to be made but i i just think that that's something to be done in a comic book i think it would make an excellent comic book series and you can tell the story and not hack off you know a good percentage of whatever fan base you have because
1: um, because the reason is we still have not told and did and i don't think mandalorian will even come close to uh a touching upon the idea of what happened to luke between return of the jedi and the force awakens and the whole fallout with his academy Ben Solo, The Knights of Ren, all of that. I don't think we'll get to it. And I also want
0: to—that you know, story for that. needs
1: to be told. So well, anyway. I also,
0: I also want to take issue with the people who are like, you know, and I was one of those at the minute. At first, I was like, "Oh my god, is Grogu one that Kylo Ren like hacked away?" But it's like, I gotta keep, I gotta think about something here. It's like, okay, Grogu, you know, everybody's like, he's a baby, but he obviously has, he's been trained for a while. And then it's like, okay, so is, I mean. Does like Yoda species like go through the curriculum at a slower rate or what? Because you know, Anakin started training when he was nine, and by the time he was 18, he was the strongest Jedi ever. You know, it's like I so I I think Grogu is probably pretty close to being done, even though he's young for his speed. It's like you know, the curriculum is the curriculum, so I don't think Kylo Ren is going to kill. Grogu in, you know, Luke's Jedi temple, because that's 25 years down the road. Um, but one story we do know is coming because again, I was, I, I, uh, got a text from Fredo and said, there's a post-credit scene, so don't walk away. And so the post-credit scene, um, you cut to uh, a shot of Tatooine, you see the twin sons and then there's Jabba's palace which immediately made Britt and I go, ooh, Jabba's Palace. I started looking for the frog that, you know, eats the thing, um, but it wasn't there. Um, But then sitting on the dais, is that how you pronounce it? Sure. Uh, Is Bib Fortuna, who's packed on a few, and uh, he's obviously kind of, but then in walks Finnick Shan and like wastes everybody in the room. And then down the stairs comes Boba Fett, Boba Fett. Boba Fett. and he then takes out Bib Fortuna and takes over the throne Fennec Shan sits next to him with a bottle of spatchka, and it says the book of Boba Fett coming December 2021
1: and before you go any further they have confirmed the book of Boba Fett is not Mandalorian yep. season three. It's I a separate you know, show. It. Yeah.
0: So they, that was the
1: rumor everybody thought of Friday. When well,
0: because it. Kathleen Kennedy at the um, at that investors call. investors' call said, you know, said it's the next chapter. You know, she kind of hinted at it. You know, that maybe, but yeah, somebody at Lucasfilm said, no, 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 you're you're going to get both. What, what what do we think?
3: I'm game. I'm very much game. After what we saw this season, I, I we've we've talked about that character kind of being rescued from the trash heap for a lot of us, and uh, I, I really, really, really liked what we saw this season. And um, i I want to see more. And his story and Dins don't seem to line up so much anymore. They could in the future, I don't know, but right now it makes sense for them to part ways. So. Let's give him his own series. I'm all for it.
0: I think because one of the rumors um, that was going around was a, a series or a movie called Most Icely Five or no, not most that was a, that was a spoof on Saturday Night Live. Um, but no, there was like a a most um kind of, you know, bounty hunter underworld type uh, um, show that was in quote unquote, in development. And um, this might be that thing.
1: Well, then it creates an interesting dynamic. What's, I mean, because Boba's been in the. Makanti. On the desert. Maklon can be the night for that. Uh, <laughs> and then afterwards, he's been <laughs> stuck living with the Tusken Raiders. And he's finally reclaimed his identity. So it's an interesting question of what is it that he wants to do next? Is he somebody who's going to be seeking revenge? Is he going to be hunting Han Solo? for all that happened to him? Or is he gonna be looking to consolidate power? What it is, what is it that Boba Fett wants? If he's got the ability right now and he seems to have the means to get whatever he wants, what is it that he's after? We've never, this is the first time I think we're gonna get in his head and into his psyche, you know, from a audience point of view. Cause before that is just, he's a goal guy. He, he has a goal, he has a target, he okay. gets it, done. This is the first time we're actually gonna to get to Exposed and established adult Boba as a character.
0: Are we, are we going to get some Timothy Oliphant or, you know, maybe, of course, maybe yeah. he's going to, maybe he's going to be part of the Rangers of the new Republic. Maybe he's going to be a marshal in that whole thing. He's the marshal of whatever town he's in. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, yeah. I, I, I tell you what, anything with, with Boba Fett and, and Fennec Shand, I'm, Which, by the way, you saw Fennec Shand and Ming-Na Wen is going to be voicing that character in The Bad Batch as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're going to get a little bit of that backstory. Um, No, I, Fredo, that's a good point. I don't, what, what does Boba Fett want except for, uh, yeah, he was always just, a. I mean, that's the, that's the thing is that the, the, it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword because the, the slate is so clean and wide open because the only thing we know about Boba Fett is the stories that we created with our action figures. That's totally all, right. that's all we know, you know? Okay. Um, yeah, but you know, and so you you can go anywhere with this, but it's going to be tough to hook people into that show because right. it's like, Oh, Boba. Yeah. If it was like Boba Fett's going to go after oh. Han Solo. All right, right. cool.
2: You know, I think you know it's kind of like what Fredo says. What what does what does Boba Fett want? Because as cool as that scene was to me, and I and I really enjoyed the scene. It was weird, and what was weird is if you're watching the credits, in the credits, Bib Fortuna is in the actors list, right? And I'm like, wait a minute, Bib. And I saw that, and I go, yeah, Bib Fortuna. I did too. Yeah, you know. And then of course you see after the credits, but to me, him going and taking over. Uh, Jabba's or in this case Fortuna's crime syndicate that's the least interesting Boba Fett story of all the Boba Fett stories like that just I, I don't really need to see Boba Fett as the godfather you know it's, it's you know it's it's its not what I want from the character but to go in the direction Fredo was saying is if it's like if it's a step to something he does want to maybe consolidate power maybe he has the aims of You know, going and starting something with Mandalore, because right now, you know, from all the things you say, you know, all the things that you read and you see in the canon, Mandalorians aren't real big on Jango. And of course, Bobo worshipped his father. And and
0: Bo-Katan said, you aren't a Mandalorian and called called Jango the donor. Yeah
2: that you know maybe he wants to go and show them you know get some revenge on them or does he want revenge on solo or you know or 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 whomever it's just him sitting on a throne in Jabba's palace is is not the story i want unless it's going someplace deeper you know because that's just a little one-sided what at the end of the day you really are just a bounty hunter who wants a lot of money i mean that's if that's why boba fett is doing it that's boring i don't want that boba fett story I want Boba Fett to, as great as he is physically and imposing in his presence, I want his motivation to be as great as that, you know. So, fingers crossed.
3: We were, were denied a Luke Skywalker Boba Fett reunion in this episode by the narrowest of margins. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Boba flies past an x wing
1: and Luke's like, wait a minute. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> I oh, that oh. Yeah, because that would have been an interesting question. What does Boba do if he runs into Luke Skywalker, Han Solo? You know, because now they're the heroes of the new republic and Boba's the old enemy, so to speak. So I don't know. I don't know. There's there's many ways they can go in with this story. now I think they've said that it's only gonna be like a limited series, it's only a number right. of episodes, and then then uh we're gonna get uh Mandalorian season three, right? yeah,
0: yeah. i don't know like i said i'm I, I i like i'm with y'all it's it's got to be it, what it, but I, I i do i want to know what what's the hook you know um right. i mean my god it's let's not kid ourselves i'm gonna watch it oh yeah, you know? yeah i mean yeah. it could it could be it could be boba fett playing a banjo you know on the you know yeah. and i'll be like I, i'm watching this i don't care right. <laughs> um even if if it's forty-five minutes
2: of Boba Fett sending out Leakway to shake down moisture farmers for thirty-two credits, I'm still gonna watch it. I'm still gonna watch it. I'm gonna be like, oh, that's wonderful. Thank you, Kathleen Kennedy. You yeah. know.
0: You know, uh so they'll be it'll give us more to talk about, that's for sure. So um anything else uh, about this episode? Um just and by the oh, way, getting uh, back to that book of Boba Fett. You know, just after after I've always been critical of you know Lucasfilm not giving us you know just tell us what you're working on. The last month they have done a great job at making every Star Wars fan extremely excited, and it's by holding all their cards to their chest. So, I mean, good on you.
2: My uh, my biggest fear, Aaron, to address that is so. We all wanted more Star Wars, and Disney bought Lucasfilm, and they were like, "Get out of here, George." Uh, and Disney was like, "Okay, here you go, more Star Wars." And they gave us more Star Wars, and it was not the Star Wars we wanted. And I think, and now Disney's like, "Here you go." Oh, like I, Disney can—it seems Disney's a bit tone deaf in figuring out what to give the fans. and and I just don't want it to be a repeat of, we asked for more Star Wars, they gave it to us, and we got Rise of Skywalker and that whole arc. And they're like, here you go. Here's nine more, nine more shows. Here's your more Star Wars. And they don't hold up to the quality that Filoni and Favreau and Bryce Dallas Howard and, you know, Paul Weathers, all those guys, Peyton Reed, it doesn't hold up to that quality, you know? And we get nine more shows that are, you know, two to 10, 10 shows, and we're like, "Oh my god, this here we go again!" Shut it down, Disney. Rod- Rodriguez
0: know? is doing the Boba Fett portion, mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, yeah, I, mean, so, I think I think they're I think they're they're choosing their their creative team wisely. I think, Um
1: but it is but it is a concern. I mean, just because I mean you have to realize, I mean, next year we're gonna get Bad Batch in the spring, and then come Christmas time, we're gonna get Book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian season three one right after the other and then 2022 you know the moment that ends here comes Andor, and then sometime out there you know mando season four and then here comes will Wan kenobi so um, i mean that's all awesome don't get me wrong right. but at the same time you have to make sure that you're doing good good all throughout because if you have one great show and four yeah and then one awful the weight way well, is, you know, yeah you're right i
0: mean it's it's like um You know, it's like uh, if you if you got a favorite band that you want to see, if you see them every week, you know, if they're if you know, it's well, you're probably not going to go see them every week because it's going to become less and less of an event. It's going to become, you know, you know, it's okay. It's yeah, it's this band. I've memorized their set, you know, but if it's you see them once a month. Then it's like, you know, it's a new event every single time. Or if you see them only once a quarter, you know, it's it's an right. exciting thing. So, yeah. Um,
2: I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want watching Star Wars to become like going to Walmart. You know, I, I, I just, I want it to be special. I want every time I turn on a Star Wars show, I want it to be, you know, if say what you will about George Lucas. He kept Star Wars special, you know. He 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 picked his projects carefully, and he put them out in just enough to let us, you know, just enough to keep us wanting more. You know, he wasn't rushing to tell a lot of stories, whereas Disney is. You know, Disney's like, come on, Lucasfilm, come on, give us more, come on, you know. And and the positive thing is that at least with them finally, you know, if you look at uh, the, the 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 new trilogy. If you look at them, they had a lot of new people at Lucasfilm working on those uh, movies. And if you go and watch the credits of Mandalorian, you see more involvement by like Doug Chang and Leland Chi and John um,
0: Knowles, yeah,
2: and Dave Filoni, and you know. And if they keep that, seem like that old guard at Lucasfilm running the show, who were there for Lucas and were like you know all took in everything Lucas had to say, then I'm hopeful. Let let them do it. And I'm hopeful, you know. Just let, just let Filoni do what he wants, all right? <laughs> hey, everyone talks about Favreau. But remember, Favreau made Cowboys and Indians, right? Or what was it, you know? Yeah, Cowboys and Aliens. Cowboys and Martians or whatever it was. Aliens and Cowboys. I don't even know. But um, I think he's smart enough. He tells a great story. And then you get Filoni, who is kind of like uh, Pablo Escobar or uh, Steve Sansweet in his Star Wars knowledge.
0: You mean, and, you mean, you mean. Wow. Not Pablo Escobar. You're talking Pablo Hidalgo.
2: Pablo Hidalgo. Thank you. Pablo Escobar is a drug lord. Star Wars. Did, with, oh, was, Pablo Escobar might know more about Star Wars than you give him
0: credit for. With with all with all due respect to Pablo Hidalgo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else about for this episode? Get to the order. Um, my next my next thing I'm going to do is I I want to watch. Each episode, I want to take about a week, maybe okay, maybe over, you know, Christmas stuff like that. Over the next four or five days, I want to watch all the episodes because I don't want to judge the Frog Lady episode like I wanted to right off the bat until I see it in a greater context. Um, but again, the other thing I want to have is I do want to have that conversation with somebody who was really let down by the Luke Skywalker in the Last Jedi and see if they feel better having now seen that Luke. Right. Anyway, that's, that's, those are my final thoughts. Anybody else?
1: Uh, Yeah.
2: Real quick. Uh, what do you guys, this is, I've come up with the ultimate Christmas break viewing order for, uh, star Wars to like go on a binge, see what you guys think. So it's, it would be episode one, then episode two, then all the clone wars, except for the last season, then revenge of the, revenge of the Sith. And then the last season of Clone Wars, and then you would have uh Rogue One Solo, Rogue One, Rebels, Four, Five, and Six, and then Mandalorian.
0: See, I when I had my shoulder surgery, and it was it was right before um Last Jedi was coming out, and I did I did a rewatch of the first six, and I did kind of my own version of the machete order where I went Four, five, right. one, two, three, and then six so to me I th- because I think that that's kind of a neat element when you put it into you know the perspective of when you get that revelation of Luke I you know I am your father you know then you do the flashback and you could do the one two three clone wars you know rebels rogue one stuff you know what I mean but that might be might be a hell of a lot easier to handle if you just go, you know, bookend to bookend. But right, no, no, guys, what do you, do you do? You have a preference? Uh,
1: I think the the only change I would make is I would probably put Rebels ahead of Rogue One, just because I want. I love that. Yeah, I'll put you know one, two, Clone Wars, three, last season of Clone Wars solo rebels rogue one because i love the rogue one to episode four
0: yeah that's awesome
1: Uh, yeah you don't want to lose that you're gonna go four plus six mandalorian Yeah. yeah
3: that's right yep i'm uh i guess i'll just say that i'm excited still about this series um even though this episode i felt took some sharp turns that i'm I'm not excited about what the story is headed to over the next couple of episodes. Cause they feel like they've painted themselves into a particular storyline, which I'm not necessarily interested in seeing. but I think we're going to eventually get to where we want to be. I think is there's going to be a reunion eventually between Din and the child. And, um, and if there's not, I, I don't know what would the fan base revolt at this point, I mean like people are really invested in those two and in that relationship. I um I think they have to reunite them at some point.
0: You know, <laughs> but it is it is a brave decision. If they've decided to say, Okay, we're done with Baby Yoda, I mean that is that is a brave decision. Brave creative decision, which actually, you know, if anything, you know, if you know, if there's been a criticism of, of Lucas and Lucasfilm and Star Wars is, I mean, it's the merchandising, 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 you know, I mean, it's like, so if you keep Yoda in baby Yoda in just, you know, it, it, it's kind of like, I don't know, be like, you know, you
2: know, he's back at some point. Cause they throw the line in where, you know, Jen says, I promise I'll see you again. So, you know, somewhere down the line, Baby Yoda Grogu is going to show up, Um and I'm thinking that when eventually he does, it's going to be some very high-tension conflict going on and uh, probably juice the stakes right up through the stratosphere for it. But uh like you said, it gets back to never seeing Luke again. I think they want that payoff. They, yep. they know that, like, like you said, the merchandising, there's a story payoff. But there's also a merchandising
0: payoff. Ma- imagine this, everybody, and this is not my original idea. But episode ten, Ray goes in search for a new trainer, and it's Grogu. It's Master Grogu. Yeah, I, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. That's horrible. <laughs> well, with that, we will say uh, we'll we'll sign off on this episode. But uh, as always, um, uh, Dave, where can where can people find us? We've got more places they can find us now, right? Or was that last week? Um,
3: Uh, Yes, people can listen to us on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pandora, TuneIn and Alexa, Amazon Music and Audible, iHeartRadio, and you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook.
0: Yeah. So with that, um, we want to wish everybody a very uh, Merry Chris Mahana Kwanzaa. Um, whatever you celebrate, um, during this season, Fest- you know, have, Festivals. yeah, just, um, I hope you hope every day is merry. So what'd you say, Ryan?
2: And I've got some gripes for all of you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, I hope that, hope that you have a great time. Please stay safe. Please don't get anybody sick. Wear a mask, you know, you know, do, do whatever so we can all, have one big celebration you know i'm actually wearing my happy almost mardi gras shirt um i want to have a mardi gras again so everybody stay safe um but with that we will all say hudat and uh we'll see you next week